0: Welcome back to Write Damn It with me, Zoe Richards, your host. This is the podcast for writers of all kinds who maybe get stuck with your writing. This podcast will help you get unstuck and help re-motivate you so that you get the writing done. Episode 30. And today I want to take you through some traps, fears and patterns of behaviour that I believe we all have as writers. Yep, every one of us does. So if you're sitting there now going, not me, I don't believe you. I'm telling you that now. I don't believe you. Everybody has some kind of a trap that we fall into, some level of fear that we have about what we're doing with our writing, and we have patterns of behaviour that may not actually be helping us. So I thought it would help if we just go through some of those today so that you can have a think about it in terms of how you can help yourself better as a writer just by understanding that these are your traps or your, or your fears that you're working with. So I'm going to take you through a few that I've certainly experienced and I think are really quite common for writers. The first one is that we set our expectations way too high, far too soon. And what I mean by that is that if we're still serving our apprenticeship as a writer, we still perhaps will find ourselves thinking that we're going to get ourselves published, that this is the novel we're going to send out, query with agents and get a publishing deal with. The reality is, for most of us, our first novel, maybe even our second novel that we finish, that we type the end on, that probably won't make it That's not to say that we can't go back to it at some other time, but in truth, we've probably set our expectations way too high, far too soon, because we're still learning how to be a writer. And I've got to say, even though I've gone through the querying process, I have an agent, we've done the edits, and we're out on submission, I still think at times that my expectations may be set just a little bit too high, far too soon. So that's number one, setting our expectations way too high, far too soon. The next one is the overachiever. I have to say that I am a little bit of this one too. So I expect a lot of myself, I'm writing book two right now. And when I first started writing book two, I decided I was doing the same as book one. I was going to get it written in three months. I haven't done. I am due to hit the three months in the next couple of days. And actually, I am way off finishing. I've still set myself a new target. I still think I'm trying to be an overachiever. So that is a trap I know that I should be watching out for because I have a tendency to fall into it. Now, the next one I'm probably less attracted to, and that's where people always look for positive feedback. So I'd call that the positive feedback addict. And that's where we expect only to get positive feedback from people and we're perhaps not ready for the negative feedback. We're perhaps not ready for the beta reader who tells us the truth that actually this novel is nowhere near ready. We're maybe not ready for the feedback or lack of feedback from agents when we query and that's because we're addicted to getting positive feedback. Do you know, that's probably come from school days when we were doing well or when we were doing, you know, college and university that we've done well and we've always received positive feedback for our work. And then we're writing and we're not getting that same level of positive feedback. Either we solely go off in search of the positive feedback, hence being a positive feedback addict. Or alternatively, we ignore the negative feedback and only take on the positive feedback. I think there's possibly a third element to that as well, which is that we go into a right old doldrums when we don't get positive feedback because we weren't expecting to get negative feedback. The next one is comparing ourselves to others, and as a result of that comparisonitis, feeling inadequate, feeling that we're no good because we're looking on and watching other people get the agent or win competitions perhaps first, then get the agent, then get the publishing deal, get the two book deal, get the reasonable advance, all that. And we feel that we're no good. The truth is, it's all luck. After it's gone out of our hands, after we've finished our novel and done everything that's within our control, everything else is luck. And let's face it, you, like me, have read some of those books that are bestsellers and some of them are absolute rubbish. There are some amazing books out there that are bestsellers and there are also amazing books out there that are not bestsellers. But let's face it, we can't actually compare ourselves. This is not comparing apples with apples. We are not playing on a level playing field. So let's just accept That comparisonitis probably isn't a wise route for us to be taking. If we get trapped in that and feel inadequate, we're not helping ourselves. So we need to do some work on understanding that this is a game that involves so much luck, and we haven't got any control over that. We can only control writing the novel. The next one that we can get trapped in, I think, is being guilt-ridden, guilt-ridden for writing, for spending time on ourselves, guilt-ridden for not finishing when we've put so much time and effort into writing our novel, putting all that time in and not getting a publishing deal or not getting the agent. Perhaps there's some guilt for actually getting the publishing deal when you're seeing everyone else around you who's not getting it. So guilt can be a trap that doesn't serve us as well. Then we've got the risk avoider. That's the person who, and I do think at times, by the way, in the past, I was a risk avoider. So that's perhaps the person who never quite finishes a novel. I used to write about 20,000 words and I'd run out of steam. And then I would do another 20,000 words on a completely different novel. I think I've got about five that got to about 20,000 words. I've got loads of others that didn't even get to 20,000. Some of that was because I was doing risk avoidance and that's a fear of the success. Or maybe sometimes it's a fear of the failure as well. So that risk avoidance can actually hold us back both in terms of fear for failing and fear for success. Then we've got the course addict. And I think we've probably all been there if we can afford courses. Then we are in a position where perhaps we will attend one course after another, after another, after another, and not actually apply the learning. So a challenge for you, an actionable step you can take, go back over the notes that you took at the last three courses you attended. Check in, have you applied that learning? I was reading through my notes the other day from when I went to York Festival of Writing in September last year and discovered a whole set of notes I'd completely forgotten about related to dialogue. Now, some of it obviously stuck in my head because of how I now write my dialogue. I think it's improved. And I do think I was writing good dialogue previously, but I think it's now improved. And so some of that learning from, I've forgotten the guy's name, his surname's Law. Is it James Law, I think? So it was such a good session, but I'd not gone back over my notes. So I wasn't applying the learning. There's your challenge. Go back over your three last courses Don't be the course addict, not applying the learning. Read through your notes, see what learning you could apply now. And then the last one I thought was a good one for us to think about today is limiting beliefs. Every one of us limits our beliefs. I don't know if you've ever read Jonathan Livingston's Seagull, which is all about a seagull that decides that it wants to fly more acrobatically. And the other seagulls basically say, we don't do that. What we have here is a seagull who's not prepared to limit themselves. We all limit ourselves all the time. We tell us what we can do, what we can't do, what we should do, shouldn't do, must do, must never do we kind of talk in absolutes. You know, I remember when I used to say, I can't plan, I can't plot a novel. Actually, I found out I can. I just didn't know how to previously. So a useful way of qualifying our limiting beliefs as an early starter is simply to add on the word yet. So if you find yourself saying, I can't plot, it's easy to just say, I can't plot yet. Or I can't finish a novel. I can't finish a novel yet. Or I can't finish this novel yet. I shouldn't write in this way. I shouldn't write in this way right now. Or maybe you could be asking yourself, what would happen if I did write in this way right now? I often find myself wondering with people like Janice Hallett, who came up with a completely different way of writing a novel that is truly captivating. And if you haven't read Janice Hallett's novels, where have you been? You should have been reading her novels. They're brilliant. But she has a completely different style of writing. Somebody at some point must have said to her, you can't write a novel like that. But some part of her brain wasn't prepared to be limited. And now there she is, a hugely successful novelist. And I believe that one of her novels, I think it's The Twyford Code, is going to be televised. So, wow, that's going to be amazing. Right, there you go. There are some traps. And the easiest thing we can do for ourselves to start off with is simply notice where we're trapping ourselves, where fear is getting in the way, where we've got patterns of behaviour that we think are truth. Simply acknowledge that's what's going on for you. Once you've acknowledged it, once you've named it, you can then start to work with the fact that these are things that you want to change and you can perhaps understand what it is you want to do to change what you're going to do. So for example, I gave you one there with being the course addict. Go away, look at your notes and apply the learning. If you're a risk avoider because you only ever get to 20,000 words, how about adding 5,000 words onto one of your novels? Or maybe now's the time to play around with doing a little bit of plotting. You don't have to plot everything. You don't need to get the post-it notes out and stick them all over the wall. Just have a play. And playing, I find, is often the best way to get ourselves out of the traps we create for ourselves, to move us on from the fears we've got, and to do a little tweaking of the patterns that we've taken as being our reality. So there you go. I hope you found that helpful. Go away and do some spotting of what your traps are, what your fears are, what your patterns are. That will then help you to be able to do some happy writing. And then the words can flow for you. I'll see you on the next episode.